Hello and welcome to this fourth episode in the Lenten series Witnesses on the First Lutheran Podcast. My name is Jody Hoyt and I'm the Communications Director at First Lutheran. Today, Pastor Lars Olson and Seminarian and Care and Health Coordinator Jordan Stone will discuss the week's topic, the children. Welcome to both of you. Thanks for having us. Yeah, we're looking forward to this. Well, I'll start by reading the scripture lessons that are assigned for, uh, for this, this week. The first one comes from Matthew chapter 18, verses 1 through 7. At that time, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? He called a child, whom he put among them, and said, Truly I tell you, unless you change and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever becomes humble like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. If any of you put a stumbling block before one of these little ones who believe in me, it would be better for you if a great millstone were fastened around your neck and you were drowned in the depth of the sea. Woe to the world because of stumbling blocks. Occasions for stumbling are bound to come, but woe to the one by whom the stumbling block comes. And the second reading is from Matthew chapter 19, verses 13 through 15. Then little children were being brought to Jesus in order that he might lay his hands on them and pray. The disciples spoke sternly to those who brought them, but Jesus said, Let the little children come to me and do not stop them, for it is to such as these that the kingdom of heaven belongs. And he laid his hands on them and went on his way. Awesome. So hearing that right away, um, we kind of have two different character groups. Are we looking more at what the disciples are doing or what the kids are doing in this? Well, I think that's a good question. There's definitely an interplay between them, and the children are used as kind of a juxtaposition to the disciples quite uh, quite directly. The disciples are really interested in greatness and, uh, and who's worthy of being in Jesus' presence, and Jesus keeps saying, it's the children, it's the children. So when we're talking about witnesses, I think we're uh, really trying to focus in on the children here and G- how Jesus interacts with the children and what they witness in Jesus, but the disciples seem to get in the way of that. Uh, and so as we go through here, I'm sure we'll be talking about disciples as well as children, don't you think? I would think so. I think the children's lack of ambition uh, in coming to Jesus is a big point that we have to look at. Yeah, I think that's a a big uh, distinction between the two. The disciples really seem to have a lot of ambition. They have been with Jesus. They've got plans. Uh, Even though Jesus tells them that he's going to the cross, they keep saying, no, we're going to do something else. Uh, And then when Jesus is talking about children, they keep getting in the way. They keep saying, but we're right here. Uh, What about our plans for things? And maybe that's what Jesus is getting at, that, uh, that maybe the children are those humble beings that have really no ambition. They just go about life trusting uh, what they're told, trusting what God is doing for them each and every day, perhaps. Right. So uh, because of that, would you say that's the reason that Christ would maybe want these guys to be a part of their ministry or his ministry? Yeah, I think that's... um, I think Jesus is even trying to show the disciples that uh, he says it directly, unless you become like these children, uh, you have no place in the kingdom of of heaven. Uh, That somehow the disciples 
uh, need to be reshaped, reformed into children rather than saying, hey, our whole life is uh, what we make of it, right? Isn't that uh, probably what the difference is between children and the disciples in some of, the, some of these stories? We're talking about um, the disciples wanting to be the greatest and then them pushing these children away, uh, creating their own kind of stumbling blocks. What do you think Christ's response would be of them doing that even still today? Oh, uh, I think he was very clear about this. Um, he's going to tie a millstone around their neck and drown them. Uh, that's actually what has to happen when our ambitions get in the way of receiving God's word and blessing, right? Uh, we actually have to be drowned and die. Uh, this is really difficult for us because our ambitions, our hopes, our goals, our uh, life plan is all about who we are. Uh, and those, Jesus are saying, have to die in order to receive the kingdom of God. And so here are these children that he's blessing. He's saying, here, I'm giving you the kingdom. And the disciples get in the way and start saying, not them, us. We're the ones that have been uh, uh, earning this. We're the ones who have been useful to you, Jesus. These are just children that are being brought. They didn't even bring themselves. Uh, and so their ambitions start by saying, how great are we? Uh, then Jesus even tells them about the millstone. And then they blow right on past that. And they start saying, keep the children away. Uh, I think actually what Jesus is doing is drowning them in their sin here uh, mm -hmm. in order to make them children again. Right. So are the disciples just kind of out of luck on this because they're already adults? Um, <laughs> like, are they being childish if they try to be like children? Are they trying to be childlike? Like, what's the point here? Yeah, I think uh, exactly that. They are going to have to become childish, childlike through uh, just the way we see children in the world, uh, becoming useless in the world, right? Mm -hmm. Becoming uh, something that just um, uh, takes the day as it comes. Uh, those are the kids I played with at the park today. I had the greatest day, right? This is what God gave me today. Here we live. Uh, I received a blessing from my parents. And so uh, I lived in that all through the day. Um, that's going to have to be what they what happens to them so that they lose all of this hope that they've received for the world and receive nothing but God's blessing, which gives the kingdom of God. So are they out of luck? Uh, the hard part is to say, yes, as we all are. Uh, any of our plans are going to have to come to an end. Uh, God is going to humble us by turning us back into dependent children. Um, who are in need of everything, not making everything of our own. Right. Uh, and in that theme of dependency, these kids would have not been a part of society or a useful part of society because they had nothing to offer. And yet Christ has welcomed them. That's a pretty big turn of uh, idea, especially in Jesus's time. And I think it's still today. Yeah. No, think of how we treat children today. They aren't um, of much use today. We keep them kind of off on the side. We send them over to Sunday school. We, uh, we gather them into schools. And what is the school really designed to do but to teach them uh, the skills they need to become useful in the world, uh, to teach them the way of thinking that actually makes progress in the world. So uh, um, something like uh, how to improve a product or how to get better at science. And so we're actually teaching them to, um, to notice problems in the world and start to solve them so that they can be useful rather than just be children. 
children are uh, maybe what we think of as the future, but mm-hmm. uh, they're not of a whole lot of use for us right now. And in that way, that's how it kind of combines to this ambition idea that children uh, aren't useful either to the disciples or in Jesus' time uh, or even in our time. They are something that will be useful, we hope, down the line. Um, but Jesus is now doing something else. He's blessing them not because of what they'll become, but because of who they are, children. And he wants everyone to be a child of God. Right. And so we think about this theme of witnesses in with children. And so we've kind of heard a little bit about the disciples and they've get, been chastised for doing uh, what Christ had just Twice. said not to do. <laughs> um, but what are we thinking about when we think about children as witnesses? Yeah. What are the children seeing in Jesus, right? Uh, who is it that they're seeing? Because they're receiving a blessing from him. People are bringing them to him to receive prayer and blessing. Uh, uh, and they're witnessing him uh, cut through this line, this blockade that his disciples are making and saying, no, get away. They watch him uh, destroy the blockade of uh, um goodness, uh, greatness that the disciples are trying to make of usefulness, of ambition, whatever we want to talk about that, and calling forth them to him, saying, don't get in their way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you think there's some freedom in uh, becoming childlike rather than childish in being able to uh, tell the story of Christ? Like you think about those kids walking away after receiving this blessing um, and the freedom that they'd have in just being able to tell that story. Yeah, I think they receive a witness there. They actually get to see Jesus in action, um, saying, "I bless you," not because of you've not because of you you've earned it, not because you're uh, um, you paid your dues, not because you've learned how to be useful in society, but simply because you're a child who receives the blessing and mercy uh, and forgiveness and goodness of God every day as a gift. Mm-hmm. Um, So they get to see this. They get to give witness to it. Uh, We don't actually hear what they say. (laughs) Mm -hmm. We, uh, throughout the Gospels, the children also don't really get a voice in this, right? Um, But we do get to see the disciples being turned into children of God rather than children of their own making. Mm -hmm. So are we looking at then all of us being claimed as these children of God as witnesses? Yeah, I think that's uh, actually what God is doing with us. He's not Mm -hmm. making us better uh, productive members of society. He's making us fit for the kingdom of God, which is uh, to become childlike, to Mm -hmm. receive a word uh, from God, to believe it, uh, Mm -hmm. and to live inside of the kingdom that that makes for us. Right. Um, Do we kind of get this idea of almost blind faith, or we kind of check? Uh, would interchange it with childlike faith of we've been given this scripture and um, we are just told to believe it and (laughs) we have the preacher stand up on Sunday morning and tell us about it Um, and how are we supposed to believe this? Yeah, I think this gets right down to the heart of what it is that we are giving to the world. Are we giving them more information in order to absorb, uh, to think about, to be skeptical of, to say, is that really what I believe? Mm -hmm. Or are we giving them a blessing and a promise and a word that actually creates the kingdom of God for them? Mm -hmm. So that they don't say, let me think about that for a little while and see if it fits uh, all the things that I've made myself into. But instead... Uh, says, uh, that's breaking the blockade. 
that's uh, ripping open the, uh, um, the, the, the line, keeping us away from God. And this word comes right through there and splits it open and says, you are a child of God and you've been given the kingdom. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, now, whether that's just Jesus kind of parting the disciples or tying millstones around our own necks so that we would die to our sin and be remade, like in the waters of baptism, children of God. Isn't this what we say about mm-hmm. us ourselves? Uh, isn't this we say what God has made us to be, is children of God? Uh, for those who uh, believe this crazy word, I would even say childish. Uh, mm-hmm. For uh, St. Paul says in 1 Corinthians that this word is foolish. Uh, it's absurd. Um, it doesn't make sense in this world. But for those who believe it, God gives the power to be children of God right, right. there. So I have a question. <laughs> you said earlier, Jordan, that the children were brought there to be blessed. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's true? In that time, would parents or caretakers have had the, the gall to ask for that? Or do you think rather the children were just there and Jesus made his way to them and chose to do that on his own? Um, I would like to think, and Lars, you can correct me if this is wrong, um, <laughs> but I would like to think that the children are drawn to Christ. I mean, when you see a celebrity, and kids don't always know who the celebrity is, but because all of the adults are drawn to them, it makes it really cool for the children. And so I would assume that they are drawn to him already, but I think he probably sought them out as well to, one, prove this point of um, who is to be the greatest, and also to say, I am the one who's deciding what your faith should look like. It's not yours to decide. I wonder why you ask a question like that uh, when the Bible says that uh, they brought them to him, right? Uh, what makes you question whether or not people would want blessing for their children? I don't, I don't think it's that they wouldn't want that. I just wonder if they would be willing to ask for it. Yeah. You know, now I think today it's a given. When I come up for communion, if I have my kids with me, I, ex- I, I it's part of the the system. You it's know, I bring them up, do. and yeah, and and it's it's just what we expect, I think. And I wonder if it was expected then. You know, we talk about how the disciples, the disciples, excuse me, all kind of push the children away almost and act like they should be the ones receiving everything, and the kids shouldn't be. And so I wonder, as a parent, did they feel the same way? Like their kids maybe weren't worthy, or did the parents really? think that you know they are children of God and and this is why they're here I just wonder kind of in that time period what it would have been like here's my maybe question and or comment to go along with that of if the kids were brought with their parents um, the parents would have been accepted into the presence of Christ and so those kids alongside it's kind of like when you follow your parent around the grocery store the kids (laughs) would have been Uh, allowed to go along with their parents Um, but because it was kids I would assume the parents weren't as near as um, the kids were because the people only saw them what do you what do you think about why people seek out blessing and who they seek it from Um, like would you go to a doctor to receive a blessing like if your child is sick and you need medicine and a, and a healing touch, do you go to a doctor? Is, is that a kind of a blessing for us? Mm-hmm. Um, 
in in Jesus' time or even in ours, uh, maybe we don't we think of um, blessings that are useful again, rather than simple blessings who can, who make open the kingdom of God for us. Um, so if ch- people are bringing their children, uh, it doesn't say that their parents are, but somebody's bringing the children uh, that they don't even have the ability to bring themselves. They're being brought over to this. Mm-hmm. Um, that what are they looking to receive but a word of life in some fashion, right? Um, we can say things like school is a blessing for our children, which I truly believe. Uh, but is that the same as blessing them with God's promise, with God's kingdom? Um, we can take children uh, on a vacation, uh, maybe to Disneyland. Is that a blessing to them? Well, I hope it is. Uh, but is that what we're talking about when Jesus is uh, receiving them and, give, and laying his hands on them and saying, you are blessed? Every month we have a baptism class where we uh, bring in new parents that have uh, generally infants, uh, not always, but generally, and we teach them about baptism. And at the end of that class, we start to teach them what it is to give a blessing to one another. Um, that it's not just God's blessing, but you giving uh, your, your spouse a blessing, you learning to give your children a blessing so that when they leave the house, they receive something like the sign of the cross on their head or even just a kind word that says, uh, I love you and uh, have a great day. Mm-hmm. That's a blessing to take them out into the world that they might have a word in their ear for all the trouble that might come. So, uh, uh, um, Jody, you got a son who goes to daycare. Uh, do you give him a blessing when you hand him off for his day, uh, going in to spend all his time with his friends and run around and get all his energy out? Sure. Um, you know, we always do with our older one, especially the younger one, maybe not quite as much, but with the older one, definitely, um, you know, the last thing I always say anyway when I drop them off is, have a great day. I'll see you after school. Yes. You know, it's always this idea of, I'm coming back. Yes. You know, you re- we remind them of that, and, and you're going to have fun today, and I'll see you later, and that sort of thing. Um, in a previous podcast, Pastor Jeff talked about how our life here is very temporary. And so when you were talking about different kind of types of blessings, maybe, I think that's an important thing to think about. You know, the blessing that I give to my kids when I drop them off is for our life right now, where the blessings that we're receiving from from Christ and from God are for our life beyond where we are now, maybe. Right. So maybe that's kind of a, a way to think about no, it, too. No, I think that's helpful, because that's generally what we do. We tell <laughs> tell people, here's your blessing from me for the day. I'll be back. <laughs> uh, take it easy, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, we, but when it comes to giving God's word of blessing, people get very nervous about this. And I think that's part of what's going on with the, with the disciples. You don't know what's going to happen with those children when they grow up, but you know what's up with us. Right. <laughs> Why aren't you giving us the blessing? Uh, wait until they can show us that they're worthy of the kingdom of God, which of course is what Jesus' point is. Uh, you're not worthy of it. It's given as a gift through his blessing. So we have this giving and receiving of blessings, um, especially at church today, or not even at church, just in our general lives. Is that the only way to be childlike in our Christian faith? I don't think we can make childlikeness, uh, childishness, childlike behavior into some sort of a goal for us. Uh, I think this is what Christ is doing by, again, reminding us that our plans account for nothing in the kingdom giving us this gift again and again, making us dependent upon his word, um, taking all of the things we'd like to give to him and say, uh, can't you see my greatness? And saying, no, 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 I see you as a child. 
I see you that way. That's how you receive the kingdom of God. Not because you've shown me um, how you've grown up into such a wonderful adult <laughs> or how you've become useful in the world in a way that God can make use of, but in a way that says uh, none of that matters. Uh, not your failures, not your successes, not your mediocrity. None of that has anything to do with your standing as a child of God. Um, I'm handing this to you as a gift, which makes us completely dependent on it being a blessing from Jesus. Uh, that breaks through, again, uh, our, um, our hesitations, the blockades we would put up, and he keeps coming and saying, uh, you're going to be a child of God. I'm making you so. I think in a lot of ways that part of it is what makes it maybe more difficult. It's easy for me to say, have a great day, I'll see you later. But I think that might be what makes it more difficult to give a blessing of God and of Jesus because there's so much, it almost feels powerful to be able to do that. And I think for your average person, <laughs> that might be scary to do. That's why it's it feels more natural for our pastors to do that for us instead of us doing it for each other, I think. Yes, there is a power in it. And, it, and it's not your power to give. Right. which makes us nervous, but it is what Christ has given to us. And so we can give it with all sorts of confidence. You can both say, I'll be back later as your promise to your son. Uh, you, and you can also say, uh, God is here for you. Uh, you are a child of God. And you can say that not on your own authority, but on Christ's authority. Right. And I think about this also coming from a child of, like, as an adult, I think about this blessing and I think about all of the weight behind it. Um, but I think a child, if you tell them to give a blessing to somebody, they don't even have a second thought about it. They're just going to do it. Right. And I think there's an um, innocence in that, but also just a dependency on that what the, they've been told to do is right. I think that's a function of how the word grips us, right? So when the blessing is uh, true for you, when you believe it, when you know that you are a child of God, not of your own making, but because Christ has given you the kingdom, uh, then you are free, free as a bird, uh, to <laughs> let it fly to everyone else. Uh, here's the kingdom of God. You have to hold nothing back because it, it doesn't depend on uh, how much of it you have. You've got the whole thing. Uh, Christ has given it, and he's given it to others, and he can, you can give that assurance to them uh, also. Mm -hmm. I think it's also a function of which word you hear, uh, because there's two words being given here. One is Jesus blessing the children. The other one is the threat, right? <laughs> the threat of the millstone. Um, uh, and that's going to... Uh, um, that's going to matter in what you think you're supposed to give to the world. Because if the threat is hanging around you and you're saying, I haven't been very childlike today, um, I better be more childlike, <laughs> uh, you're only going to feel the weight of the millstone. Mm -hmm. But if you have only God's blessing, only this uh, laying on of hands and the prayer of Christ, and that he loves you and has claimed you and has made you his own child, then if that's the word that you have, then you don't need to fear the millstone anymore for you have a childlike faith. You have a childishness about you. You just simply believe his word and live in it. Thank you for joining us in our Lenten series, Witnesses, on the First Lutheran Podcast. Be sure to join us next week as Pastor John Christofferson and seminarian Adam Guthmiller discuss the week's topic, The Forgiven. We'll see you then. <laughs>